If somebody's writing you a two-page email that's mostly this character attack, why are you sitting there and reading the whole thing? And what are some other options available? I have had clients who just seeing the email pop into their inbox is enough to trigger them. Well, why don't you send it directly to uh, a folder? And why don't you come up with the name of the folder that makes you smile? You can look at those emails when you're ready and you're regulated and you have the time and energy to put into it. This is episode number 511 with Karen McMahon, Surviving a High Conflict Divorce without losing your sanity. And if you have had a high conflict divorce, it's easy to lose your sanity. I'm really excited to talk about this topic because 14 years ago when I was going through this, we didn't have this podcast. And so, uh, hi everybody, I'm Sandy Wiener. Welcome back to Last First Date Radio where we believe it is never too late to go on your last first date. And to support you on your journey to lasting love, or even if you're in a relationship and you want more love for you, for yourself, for your relationship, I wrote a book called Becoming a Woman of Value, How to Thrive in Life and Love. And it's divided into three different pillars of core confidence. The uh, There's show up, stand up, and speak up. So showing up as your best self, standing up for what's important and speaking up to defend those things that you define as important to your life. Every week I bring you a tip about uh, how to become a woman of value from the book. And um, just to know that this book is available on Amazon for Kindle or paperback. This week's tip is step number 12, be firm about your standards, which uh, is actually really appropriate for this for this topic that we're speaking about today because boundaries are everything. And once you define your boundaries, really be strong about them. Do not waver, do not let somebody push your boundaries and have you weaken your boundaries. And it's, it's a hard thing to do. It's one of the things that I teach. We have whole courses on this. So if there is a boundary or a standard that you have, have let go of or allowed people to push I invite you this week to take a look at those standards, those boundaries, and and just stand a little firmer. Before I bring Karen on, I want to invite you to join my Facebook group. It's called Your Last First Date, and it is a safe space for women over 40 who are looking for their last first date and want really a healthy space. Most, Most groups out there are places just to vent and to look for confirmation bias that the men you're dating are awful and let's all complain and we don't allow that it's not really healthy to do that you don't move forward you just get sucked into a a really toxic conversation and so this is a place to grow and if you're interested in that join us at your last first date and now for my guest today her name is karen mcmahon She is a certified relationship and divorce coach and the founder of Journey Beyond Divorce. She leads a team of divorce coaches in supporting people around the world to become calm, clear, and confident as they navigate the difficult world of divorce. She has spent the last decade helping thousands of men and women navigate the emotional and practical difficulties of relationships, breakups, and divorce. Welcome to the show, Karen. Andy, thank you so much for the invitation. 
something that comes up quite often in divorce is this feeling of powerlessness. Uh, how do you help people cope with that when they're going through a divorce? Yeah, you know, it, it makes so much sense that someone would feel powerless because oftentimes we're focused on what our soon-to-be ex is doing, uh, especially now post-COVID, how slow and cumbersome the court system is, how the attorney's not doing what you want them to do. And, and that powerlessness comes when we're focusing on things that we have no control over. And the quickest way to feel empowered is to keep the focus on yourself. And when you start looking at what can I do differently? And, and that's what happened to me. I was just a raging hot mess through my divorce. And it was when I started saying, well, how am I showing up? And, and how can I show up differently? And is my behavior, my, my words and my actions moving me closer to what I want or further away? I began to... Uh, build my confidence and feel empowered um, because of the choices that I was making around the one thing I had control over, which was myself. And that's really what we help our clients uh, do is shift to keeping the focus on themselves and then really seeing that empowerment grow because they're able to make change. Yeah, that's such an important thing that stopping other focused. I think many times when people get to the point of divorce, they have been very other focused for a long time. And that that can lead to the dissolution of a marriage as well, where you're not taking care of yourself or your needs, which is why I wrote my book, because I, I had gone through the same thing. I had no idea who I was, how, how to even find my core values or my core worth and how to take a stand for it. So having the language around how to express ourselves, how to look at our behavior, the words we say, um, how we engage in these kinds of conversations that come up through the divorce process really can make or break us. I think you and I have a lot in common in terms of the way that we um, help individuals. And, and so many people, uh, it's just brand new to them. You know, I think that also, I mean, I, I just turned 60, you take you know, 40, you're an old, 40 years and older people. And many of us were raised where if you're hurt or you're angry or you're triggered, it's the fault of something outside of you. And, and so you go through life and then you get into a relationship or you get into a high conflict relationship and it's all his or her fault. And, um, and it's a really um, eye-opening and powerful shift to start just keeping, keeping that focus on, on your wounds, your shortcomings, your fears, uh, your behaviors that didn't serve you or the marriage. It's really true. And it's also great advice as we move forward into dating, because so many people carry that load with them and it keeps them really stuck. It's, it keeps you stuck in the past. It keeps you always feeling out of control and disempowered and so I love, I love the focus of this. And many times we are, you mentioned high conflict, and many times we are in high conflict as we're divorcing, and especially as we're co-parenting. And I know for me, one of the hardest areas of post-divorce was the co-parenting. We had issues in our marriage, we had issues post-divorce, and it was hard to co-parent. So what advice do you have for these kinds of situations? One of 
the things uh, I noticed the most is how the client will still be trying to change their ex. And so it's like, you know, the phone call goes to, you know, we coach men and women. So the phone call goes to mom and dad and you should be doing and you and this this um, admonishing and this advising. And when you step back, it's like if you have a garden variety divorce and there's collaboration, that's great. That's beautiful. That's brilliant. Uh, If you're in that high conflict area where nothing that you've said before has been received well, and perhaps you haven't said it very well too, which is often part of the problem. And so looking at your communication, and for me, a lot of times, especially if the other, the, the ex is high conflict, parents are much better off guiding their children than guiding their ex. And that's one of the big pieces of advice that I give is whatever the issue is, start talking to your children about about values and and what you want and 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 ask the question always how important is it i just had a client who was complaining about you know fruit loops at breakfast and it's like okay is it the best breakfast no is it important enough to create a fuss over not really and so if you're right out of divorce part of it is actually taking off that coat of armor putting your putting, you know, all of those battling tools away and starting to look at this relationship through a child-centered perspective and what's most important and how important is it. And if there's something that I want, I would like my children to be doing differently and my ex is not going to engage or hear or perhaps I'm not going to communicate it well, is there a way I can actually support my children in understanding the value and the goal and the responsibility? And that builds an amazing relationship with the children too. And it helps to build um, uh, understanding and buy-in into what you're doing, even if you're only doing it in your household. I definitely was stuck in the trying to change my ex. If I just say it in this this way, maybe he'll actually hear it because it, it just felt so destructive to my child. And we were we were stuck in this battle of I would discipline and then she would call her father and say, I don't feel safe here. Pick me up. Yes. And it was that constant good cop, bad cop. And I was just trying to make her into a healthy human being. And he was undoing it every single time. And so yeah. One of the things that helped me was I subscribed to a program called Total Transformation. So the Total Transformation program helped me to have some guidance as to what to do to discipline my child or to parent my child in the best possible way alone, because I didn't have the support of my ex. But the other thing it did that I thought was brilliant was it started with me. It was, who are you as a parent? Are you consistent? Do you have boundaries? Where are you not coming up, you know, fully for your daughter, for your child? And I think we always have to look at ourselves, which brings me to the next question about boundaries. And we talked about boundaries at the beginning of this episode, but what are some helpful boundaries that keep people sane during this hard process? Yeah, you know, I I probably coach around boundaries as much as anything else. And I think that there's the internal boundary. He made me feel, he made me do. And it's like, nobody makes you feel or do. And so that's part of it is owning 
I, I feel this way because I'm triggered or because of my wounds from my childhood and, 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 you know, I'm being triggered, but I'm owning my feelings. I'm owning my behavior. Like he made me rage at him. He made me, no, that doesn't work. And so that's the internal boundary. And then the safety boundary for my clients, it could be anything from, um, uh, someone serial texting you during the day when you're trying to work, right? And, and so your phone's pinging and you're getting this cortisol overflow every time your phone pings. And so, you know, can you put your phone on do not disturb? Can you commit to only look at it certain times? And the same thing with emails. Uh, if somebody's writing you a two-page email that's mostly this character attack, why are you sitting there and reading the whole thing? And what are some of the op other options available? I have had clients who just seeing the email pop into their inbox is enough to trigger them. Well, why don't you send it directly to uh, a folder? And why don't you come up with the name of the folder that makes you smile? And, and why don't you, you'll see when it's bold and you can look at those emails when you're ready and you're you know, regulated and you have the time and energy to put into it. And then there's uh, boundaries with conversations. I had a very verbally abusive uh, ex and um, I learned to uh, say, you know, uh, you're speaking to me in a way that's disrespectful. We'll have to end this conversation if you can't change your tone or your words. And here's one more chance. And okay, I'm hanging up, click. And, uh, and so the door in a new home is a boundary. The phone can be a boundary. How you deal with texts and emails can be boundaries. Uh, but the thing about boundaries that I think is so important is understanding the value of them and learning how to set them. It's almost like a, I call it a two-step dance. That's step one. Step two is the individual who is also boundary oblivious, who's just going to plow that boundary right down. And what most people do is they, they tell the other person what they should do differently, which is so disempowering. It's like, you have to, I told you not to, you need to stop. And it's like, okay, what's wrong with this picture? And the key to upholding your boundary or honoring your boundary is changing your behavior, not theirs. And I think that that's what so many people miss. It's like, I keep telling him, I can't do anything about it. Well, of course we can, but not until we know how. And so it's, I love that you do a lot of boundary work because it's, it's absolutely vital. I have an article on my um, website that says, healthy relationships require healthy boundaries. It's impossible to have a healthy relationship without understanding the setting and the honoring of those boundaries that work for you. Yeah, so true. And these are great examples. Uh, again, we, you know, we started with being uh, other focused or self-focused and it's, it's really just turning, turning the conversation around. I never understood any of this until I started to do this work too. It's, it's incredibly empowering to say, this doesn't work for me. And can I tell you what works better? I mean, that's a simple boundary. And if a person doesn't honor it, then you have a course of action. I started with my father when he had just gotten divorced. I had just gotten married. And so my parents were at war during our whole marriage plans. They were not there for me at all because they were so busy 
hating each other. And then my father would call me and say how horrible my mother was. And and this is before caller ID. So I never knew who it was until I picked up the phone. And I set a limit. It was the, probably the, one of the first boundaries I ever set was um, this is not a conversation you should be having with me. If you continue, I will hang up. And I hung up and he got mad and he called back and I hung up again and again. And eventually he learned, I do not treat my daughter this way. And so it doesn't happen overnight. And, you know, maybe if you want to address that, that, that boundaries don't necessarily mean people are going to change their behaviors. So, you know, if you could talk a little bit to that, because I think people get frustrated with, I'm setting a boundary and I hung up the phone, but he keeps calling me back. Right. And, and I think there's a saying that I was given um, from my mom as she was going through dementia. And this social worker said to me, when you can be expecting and accepting of the behavior that might be worst, then instead of being frustrated and surprised on the good days or in the good situations, you can be like, ah, isn't that nice? Uh, and yet if someone continues to show up a certain way and you continue to be surprised and reactive and disappointed, then, then you need to take a look at your delusion, your uh, resistance to how that person is showing up. And so I would say being expecting and accepting of uh, people, individuals in your life who always show up the same way, regardless of all the effort that you've put in to encourage them differently, then you know, and with caller ID today, you can choose not to pick up the phone when such and such a person calls. And like I said, all the other things too, you can choose not to read that text. You can choose, you can are empowered to make the kinds of decisions that allow you to live in peace and joy, regardless of the chaotic other person that you are divorcing or co-parenting with. I love that. Uh, you know, my son is amazing at this. And I always tell him, you're, you're my best teacher. He just accepts his father is who he is. And I remember, so this was something I helped my children through was the lack of boundaries on, on his side. He would tell my son, come over for dinner. And then at five o'clock, when he was supposed to come for dinner, his father was outside mowing the lawn and there was no dinner being made or prepared. And my son would say, dad, you invited me for dinner. There is no dinner. I'm going to leave. And his father would say, well, no, no, just hang out. You know, we'll get it on the table. And he's like, no, I'm going to go now. And at the beginning, it was really frustrating. My children had had problems with who my ex was dating and how he integrated them into the, the partner's life and her child and all this, all the stuff that happened. And I, I kept helping my children. Do you want to learn how to set boundaries? Do you want to learn how to speak up? Do you want to learn how to not take it personally? Do you want to learn how to talk to your father? And again, like what you said before, it's the only thing we can do. I, I wasn't bad mouthing. I wasn't taking sides. I just said, I see you frustrated. You're frustrated. And if you'd like to deal with this differently, I can help. And yeah, so 
I think that's that that is, that my situation was so similar in some ways. Um, my son in his teen years, you know, six foot, you know, close to 200 pounds would come home, throw himself on the living room floor and bawl his eyes out because of the way he was dealt with or spoken to or, you know, dad's behavior. And I think that the, the, it's so valuable when we learn these things, Sandy, to then pour it into our children. And I was able to acknowledge and validate his hurt and his pain. But the conversation started being, if you're walking into a cage with an animal that could be dangerous or could bite you, and you keep walking in and you know what's in there and you keep getting hurt, we need to look at what your part in this is. Like you can't change what's happening with another individual, but you certainly can acknowledge that the same behavior is happening over and over again. It's hurtful to me. And you can set that boundary. And I think the, the incredible gift in pouring our learning, and you and I are both saying it was like, I was in my forties, like when I really like woke up and got conscious, I started pouring that into my children when they were in like tweens. And so now my kids are 23 and 25. And it's just amazing to see where they are, their level of emotional intelligence, their ability to communicate, to set boundaries, to speak about how they feel and what they want. And so for the parents out there who are who are, I'm going to say, wasting time trying to change your ex instead of investing time in, in informing and growing your children, you're missing like this great opportunity. And my favorite saying is every upset is a setup. Every time we're triggered, it's a setup for us to do some personal work or to help our children do some personal work. And so every rub has value. Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Music Unlimited. You can listen to over 70 million songs and thousands of playlists and stations. Plus, you can now stream your favorite podcasts like Last First Date Radio. You can listen to any song, anytime, anywhere, on any of your devices, your smartphone, your tablet, your PC or Mac, Fire TV, and any Alexa-enabled devices like the Amazon Echo. Get Amazon Music Unlimited for free for 30 days. Just head on over to getamazonmusic.com forward slash last first date to learn more and claim this offer. My biggest challenge was boundaries, was people violating boundaries, violating privacy, violating every form of boundaries. And so that lesson just kept coming to me until I said, okay, I get it universe. I don't need any more lessons. I'm going to learn this and I'm going to practice this. And even this morning, my daughter had FaceTimed me and she started texting somebody while we were on FaceTime. And I said, hey, if you're busy, let's talk another time. You know, that's a very different conversation from how dare you text while you call me. Learning the language around this, it's, it's not simple. It's, it, it's actually, there, is, there are scripts you can learn. There are easy little things that you can keep in your back pocket to do this well. Absolutely. You say that there, men face unique challenges different from women when they're going through a divorce. What are some of those? We probably 
uh, have like 35% of our client base is men. And so um, one of the things that they face is, especially if they were the primary earner, you know, they're, and now they want to be an active parent, there's this, um, there's this prejudice that because you didn't, you can't. Um, and so they face that. And then what they do with it. So if you have someone who out in the business world is a really good negotiator and they're really good with words, they start coming back at their, their soon to be ex. And it's really out of fear of losing their kids because they were the earner. And so their communication can feel very aggressive and, uh, and then they don't understand that. And so a lot of times we're really helping our male clients understand the dynamic of their conversations and communication and that, um, that there's a way to get what you want. And it may be very different in the home than in the boardroom and how do you begin to change that communication and uh and there's a lot of fear around that and i think that one of the things that on both sides um we don't look at the other person as being afraid we look at them as being aggressive and controlling and so helping get under the covers, what's really going on with, with your soon-to-be ex-wife? Like, wh why is she behaving that way? What's another conversation you can have? What's another perspective that might draw the two of you closer to what you both want rather than further away? So that's a very big one that we face. Yeah, I love that you have people take, take a step back and look at this with more compassion yeah. because if you're looking at it just from that person's trying to control me, then you're not going to see it from a place of empathy of, oh, they're, they're, they're afraid. I'm afraid. How can we connect around both of us being afraid? And how can we have a different perspective? And it's a lot of the coaching that I do is perspective taking. It's, it's right. really taking that step back. I was just talking to somebody the other day and it was just like, she's doing this because of this. And I'm like, what, what are three other ways you could see that? And it's, you know, we fill in the blanks. We make up stories based on the bias that we want to hear, whatever we're looking for, which is, you know, what I was talking about happens in my Facebook group all the time. It's if somebody is looking for a way to confirm the bias you have that somebody's awful, you're going to find it. But is that really helpful? Yeah, we have a 12-step divorce recovery program. And step seven is rekindle confidence. And the way we encourage people to do that is to look at the stories that they're telling. And if the story you're telling about you being a victim and him being a villain isn't serving you, it's your story. Edit it, rewrite it and create a story that serves you better. And when you start pulling back and looking for different perspectives and empowering perspectives, um, you do build your confidence and you also create more opportunity for better communication. And again, that whole, so often our clients are moving in the opposite direction of what they want with the settlement, with the co-parenting because of stories and reactiveness. And so when you have that compassion, when you draw back and you consider those other perspectives, you begin to move in the direction that you desire and, and you feel empowered because you see that happening. And for me, a, a, a quick story was um, my ex 
used to call my my monthly child support check, my monthly extortion check. And uh, and I would get it like three times a year. And, and I had a lot of money anxiety. And so I would kind of like come at him with my money anxiety. And like it was all his, my money anxiety was his fault because he wasn't paying the child support. And then I had this awareness that, well, actually my money anxiety is mine. <laughs> the fact that he's not paying the child support on a regular basis certainly um, feeds it, but it's mine. And I started saying anything that you might have this month would be so helpful. And he would give me a third of it. And I would be like, thank you so much. That's incredibly helpful. And shockingly, he would be like, no, 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 thank you. And thank you for your patience. And it completely changed the conversation. And it caught, I had to, I had to reframe. I had to really notice how big my ego was and put it on the back shelf you know, and, and really come to the table with this desire to have an open-hearted conversation with the person who helped me bring human beings into the world. Mm -hmm. And we, we've had plenty of conflict throughout our entire, you know, post-divorce years, but moments like that were such a gift for both of us. It's a great story for many reasons, but it's first I'm hearing that you took responsibility for your own anxiety and then how you really shifted the perspective around money and helped him to be able to give you money in a very different way. And he saw it as a gift and you saw it as a gift and it was a win-win. When we stop locking horns, it's, it's amazing what, what can happen. And so that's, that's just wonderful. And I, I think you know the, the big takeaways for me in this conversation are be self-focused, stop blaming and stop shaming and stop making up stories and filling in the blanks, but take responsibility for what you can control because so much is out of our control as we go through this process and shift how you show up because it will shift everything. Yeah, I, I mean, you're you're like you're reading right out of our playbook with all of our clients. We actually have um, I have a, a podcast journey beyond divorce, and we're just about to relaunch a 24 segment high conflict divorce series. And it's great because we have uh, we have all the legal people so that, you know, the parties that are available to support you. But I speak to a number of different psychologists and parent specialists to really help people understand what they can do, because we're all focused on what we can't do and what he or she's doing wrong. And this series is really there to support people in what can you do to navigate this with as much grace and dignity as possible. And I think that you would agree with me. It's lovely when both people are working on grace and dignity, but you don't need the other person to. If you set an intention to go through your high conflict divorce with grace and dignity and taking the high road, you will be better. Your children will be better. Your settlement will be smoother. Um, great to have two only takes one. I wish I had that information when I was divorcing because there were so many books about the good divorce and how to just talk about everything. And I kept saying, I was writing articles about this because I was like in, infuriated that nobody was talking about the majority of people do not have these beautiful divorces where they co-parent just totally in harmony and they can talk about everything and put the kids first. 
I mean, that's all lovely on paper, but why are you getting divorced in the first place? It's usually because there's a lot of thing. There are a lot of things you can't work out and you don't know how to communicate well with each other. And so I, I love that you're doing this work. I think it is just so, so helpful. And so Karen, uh, my final question, I ask this of everyone, is what are your final words of advice for anyone who wants to go on their last first date post-divorce? When you do the work that you and I have been talking about, um, I, when I think about that, that last first date, it's, it's the one that doesn't have a ton of luggage on both sides of the table that's all sloppy and toxic. You've, you've cleaned out your luggage, you've gone through your baggage, you've, you've healed and you're in the process of healing your wounds, you've refined the character traits that haven't served you and, and, and you get to show up, meet somebody who's a safe person and there's going to be triggers and there's going to be problems, but you're going to be keeping the focus on yourself and you're going to be using those rubs to grow stronger together. And, and that's really our desire is that um, we lower the second and third divorce rates, because if you learn through the first one, you should be able to have your first last date do it well, and live a beautiful life with somebody. I am so glad you brought that last part up because people look at the statistics on second and third divorces and say, well, they're so much higher than first divorces. And I always have said, it's because they're dating the same person with a different face and they haven't done anything different. If you do the work, you're going to look for a different kind of partner. You're going to show up differently and you're not going to allow what happened in your marriage to happen again with your knowledge of, you know, of all the things that you've learned, you'll know how to resolve conflict, you know how to not let things escalate, and you'll know what kind of partner is a better fit for you, which I certainly had no clue when I got married. I'm totally clueless. So this is just really so good, Karen. And if you can let our audience know how to best find you, that would be great. It's Journey Beyond Divorce. That's our website. It's our podcast. It's our social media platforms. We do offer a free rapid relief call. Um, I have a team of five coaches plus myself. And so if you go to rapidreliefcall.com, uh, you can book a call and it's one hour free coaching session. You'll walk away with a lot of value and a really good sense of um, how to move in the direction you want to be moving Great. So that's rapidreliefcall.com. Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much, Karen, for coming on the show. This is a very empowering conversation. And I know it will help so many people who are going through high conflict divorce, even a high conflict breakup, because that happens too and happens all the time. And how do you how do you handle somebody throwing abuse at you and threatening you? And I mean, there there's Thing, there are things that happen like this in, in many levels of relationships. So very, very helpful. Thank you so much. And thank you for what you do. We're doing a series on dating and we're going to have you come over and talk to our people about that as well. So um, I'm excited. I'm excited to, to do that too. Thank you. And thanks everybody for listening. If you love our show, please share it with your friends, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And as always, here's to your last first date. 
If you are ready to get unstuck, gain new tools, become more empowered, and finally find your last first date, I'd love to talk to you. Fill out an application to be considered for a complimentary half-hour love breakthrough session at lastfirstdate.com forward slash application. That's lastfirstdate.com forward slash application. I look forward to talking to you soon.